Shalom, everyone. My name is Menachem Liptag. We're continuing today our Mizrahi series on Agadah Shapesach. So today's topic is the four sons answering the question or answering the child. I want to begin by revealing the Mishnah, Mesechah Pesachim. The 10th chapter of Mesechah Pesachim talks about the Seder. In the fourth Mishnah, it says as follows. Koshini, they poured the second cup. Here's where the son asks the questions to his parent. Figure out on his own to ask questions. The father has to sort of encourage him and teaches him how to ask. And then we have the famous Manishtana. And of course, even though we call this in English the four questions, the truth is it's only one question. The one question is why is tonight different than all the other nights? In other words, by getting the child's attention and changing everything at the dinner. Of course, he's not asking how come we're leaning or how come we're eating matzah or how come we're eating barar. Yet, trying to get my attention, he's asking one question: Why is the night special, or why are you trying to get my attention? And he brings four proofs that you're trying to get my attention. And therefore, it's not really four questions; it's one question with four proofs why tonight is special. And therefore, the answer we will see is not going to answer why we're eating maror or why we're leaning, but rather why it's tonight special. Very soon we'll see the answer. The Mishnah gives a format for the answer. It says as follows: be the parshir today, based on the background or the educational background, or the it's called that, the understanding of the child, the father teaches him. And basically, the Mishnah is saying, don't answer the question, answer the child. When you answer the child, take into consideration his background, his understanding. Don't make it too simple. Don't make it too hard. Also, take into consideration his attitude, his ability to process, and what interests him, and things like that. And that's how we adapt the Seder to the needs of the child. The mission continues later how to tell the story. We'll deal with this later in a different shir. But we begin with something derogatory. We end with saying something with praise. Those topics will be probably here. How do we answer the Manishtana? We answer a very simple question. We answer a very simple answer. I'm sorry. We say, You were saved Safar on Egypt, and God took us out with an outstretched arm. And if God didn't take us out, we'd still be slaves. And then, right after we answer this very simple reply to the child, we move our attention to even know-it-alls, even adults, even great rabbis. What I want to pay attention is after the Mashtana, the focus of the Seder goes right away, first to answering the child, a very simple answer. Tell them we were one slaves to Pharaoh. God took us out. Tonight's the anniversary of when we got out of Egypt. And if it wasn't for this event, we would still be slaves. And after we give that nice, simple answer to the Manishtana, we move the focus to the adults, even the rabbis, and everyone has to tell the story. Then we tell a story about five rabbis who are up on that telling the story to prove that point. Then we share one of those conversations. We discussed this in our second share about the importance of remembering the Exodus every day, not just once a year. And then only after going on that tangent about adults, we return to the children in the next section in the Arbabanim. So again, I want to summarize we begin with the child asking a question. We give a very simple answer. But before we get to the story, 
we go on a tangent about how it's also important to involve and know those rabbis and wise people, because even if people know the story, we have to go into great detail and stay up all night and talk about that story. We prove it from a story in Bnei Barak. We make a point about this story is important not only once a year, but every day of your life. And then in section six, we're going to go back to the four sons, which will be our now our next topic. So let's go from the Haggadah. Before we begin the four sons, we have a little section called What that is basically, that's a very simple version of Birchat Torah. We know the law that before one engages in Torah study, you're supposed to make a blessing called Birchat Torah. Just like before you eat, you make a blessing when you enjoy something. Also before performing the mitzvah, lighting candles or putting on tefillin, whatever you might do, you make a bracha called Birchat Mitzvah. Before one engages in Torah study, we make a blessing. Now, we solve that problem nowadays by making blessings every morning when we get up. And one blessing takes us through the day. But there's another opinion that every time one engages in Torah study, you should make a blessing. And therefore, we're about to engage in Torah study. And we'll soon see why it's Torah study. We're going to study a very important Midrash. We have a mini Birchat Torah, but we start God's name. We say, Baruch HaVokom, for Baruch and he is blessed, and we thank him for giving the Torah to his people of Israel. But, but the four sons really begins with a blessing of Torah study. I'm putting it down because we're about to engage in Torah study, as we'll see in our share today. Then we say, Keneged Arbabanin Dibra Torah. What's here, Keneged, mean? Keneged doesn't mean against, it's corresponding to. You might remember when we actually make the blessings in the Torah every morning. One of the last, uh, the bright that we quote at the end of the blessing, we say, We talk about there are a lot of things which are good investments in this world, the world to come, like being kind and nice and all acts of chesed. And then we say, after a whole long list of how people should behave and how one should conduct their life and care about others, we say the Torah study is the Talmud Torah, the study of Torah corresponds to them. Doesn't mean it's against it. It doesn't mean it's instead of, but rather, if one studies Torah properly, then that will lead to the behavior as of did explains. But I'm pointing out the connected here means corresponding to. There's an assumption that the Haggadah is making here. Uh, again, calling this midrash, that the reader realizes that there are four times in the Torah where a father answers a child. I'll explain that again because that's key to understanding this midrash. The Midrash is beginning with an assumption that the reader realizes that there are four times in the Torah where a parent answers a child. Three of those times, the answer is preceded by a question of the child. The child asks a question, or the Torah assumes the child will ask a question, and the Torah gives an answer to that question. One time, there's a parent answering a child, even without a question. We're going to see all four cases of the Torah. And that one will be attributed to a chacham, one to a rasha, one to a wise son, one to a, I guess, an evil son or a bad son, one to a simple son, a son who doesn't know how to ask questions. What we call in uh, teaching called differential education. Different types of children need different types of teachers. Now, what that is going to do, it's going to quote the questions from the Torah. But we're going to see the answers will be a little bit different than the, what the Torah is answering. We'll have to see why. But again, going to the word keneged, corresponding to, 
what the Midrash is assuming that the reason for the different times where a parent answers the child in Chumash is because each answer relates to a different type of child. Now, we're going to see that's not the simple reading of the Torah. We're going to give a different reason why we have these four instances, but we're going to see how the Midrash, which we're going to quote in the Haggadah, is going to use that phenomena of these four questions that we find in the Torah, or the four answers that we find in the Torah. We're going to use that as a springboard to discuss Jewish education, especially education in relation to the Seder. So let's see what the Chacham says. The Chacham's question is, what are these laws and statutes and mishpatim uh, and judicial decisions that Hashem is commanding us um, to keep? And we answer him, you answer him like the laws of Passover. And we quote the last Mishnah in Mesech Pesachim that after you... Um, eat the afikoman, after you eat the last piece of matzah at the end of the Seder, you don't eat anything afterwards. Then we have the famous question of the Rosh Hashavu in detail. What's he asked? What's this to you? And we answer him, basically, if it was for you, if it was for people like you, God would not have saved us. You have an attitude problem. Then we have the simple sense question, Mazot, we give him a nice simple answer. Then we get the answer to the Shemio Daily Show, which is the answer of the Gatlebiah, which is a Pasuk in Chumash that describes our obligation to tell the story, we're going to return to all these one by one. What I want to show is in almost every single case, the answer that the Haggadah gives us, or basically the answer that the Midrash, that the Haggadah is quoting, is giving us, is not the answer that Chumash is giving us. We'll take one center at a time. Let's start with the Chacham. Let's go back to the Chacham and remember, what was the Chacham's question? Now, based on the answer, the question is, what are the laws? And the question is about the laws of the Seder. The son wants to know, the wife's son, wants to know more and more laws. What are the laws of the Seder? And therefore, what do we answer? We teach him the laws of how to bring Korban Pesach, and how to eat Korban Pesach, and how much matzah you have to eat, and how to tell the story, till the very last law of but the word ma in the question here means what? What are the laws? And the topic is the laws of the Seder, the laws of Korban Pesach. If we take a look in Chumash, in Sefer Dvarim, we're going to find exactly that question in chapter 6 in Sefer Dvarim. We're going to talk about Sefer Dvarim soon, but first we'll quote the question. Then we find in chapter 6, verse 20, Terekva Pasek Moshe Rabbeinu is giving a speech and telling the people the following, Should the time come in the future and your child will ask you, What are these laws, again, that Hashem, our God, is commanding us? What do we answer the child? What's interesting is the answer that we gave earlier to the Manishtana is that the answer to the wise son's question? Notice, though, that even though the Haggadah uses this answer, it's not the answer that the Haggadah uses for the Chacham, for the wise son. Remember, we quoted exactly this question for the wise son. What are these laws? We answered in the Haggadah that we teach him the laws of Mesechah Pesachim, the laws of Atikoman. 
But in Chumash, we give a totally different answer. The question in Chumash is not what are the laws of Passover. The question here is the most normal send you'd ever find. He's not asking what are the laws. He's asking why do I have to keep them or what's their purpose? What's the purpose of all these laws that Hashem is, is commanding us? And the answer is not simply Pasach Aleph. It's not just Avadim Ayinu. It's a four-line answer from Chav Aleph. It's a very long answer. And the question is probably the most basic question in Chumash that every child would ask. Why do we keep all the laws in the Torah? And only the beginning of the answer is Avadim Ayinu. Now, as an aside, if you want to have fun one time, at your Seder, ask people, who wrote the words Tabadim Ayinu? It's one of the most famous songs in the Seder. We all know by heart. Most people think it's just part of the Haggadah. The truth is, the opening song, the answer to the to the what we call the four questions, the answer to the Manishtana, which before was only one question, the answer is really the Chumash gives us, not why we keep the Seder, but the question is, why do we keep the entire Torah? And Abadi Minu is not the answer to a question, it's the introduction to an answer. So let's read the answer in Chumash to this question. Again, the question is, what is the purpose of all the laws that God's commanding us? And let's read the whole answer, all four lines of it. The introduction is, what did we tell We were once to Pharaoh in Egypt. God took us out with, an, with this hand. And God did what? Tell your child that God did great miracles and punished the Egyptians in front of our own eyes. And we saw the miracles God did. In other words, thanks to God, he took us out of Egypt. And then we continue and say, He took us out of Egypt for a purpose. What was the purpose? The purpose of getting out of Egypt was not only for freedom, but was in order to become a nation in Israel. And not only do we enter the land of Israel and become a nation, what we do as a nation, we keep the Torah. These laws are good for us because if we keep these laws, it will teach us to fear God. It will be for our own good, so we'll live for a long time in the land. Now it will be good for us. It's the proper thing to do. It's just to keep God's laws because we're indebted to Him because He chose us for a reason. When we keep all of these laws that God commanded us, it's for good. It's also the right thing to do. And we need to do it. And, and basically, what the answer is, if I summarize it, we explain to our children, not that took us out of Egypt, but why God took out of Egypt. Why did God take us out of Egypt? Not just for freedom, but in order to become his people. God took us out of Egypt, and God got involved in our history. And he's giving us the land of Israel, and giving us the Torah for a purpose. God chose us to be his nation, to serve him. And therefore, one of the key themes of the Seder, and we'll develop this many times in our shiurim, is the main answer to the child is not simply gratitude. Oh, God did us a favor 4,000 years ago, and we have to say thank you. It's not just an expression of gratitude, but rather it's understanding why he took us out of Egypt, what I call a recognition of destiny. Now, for a young child, that's a little complicated to explain to a child that there's a purpose in the exodus. A young child can simply understand, you know what? Someone did you a favor, you have to say thank you. We call in, in uh, Yiddish, hakara satov, or in Hebrew, hakara satov, which we basically is expression of gratitude. Someone did something good for you. 
you have to express your gratitude and say thank you. How relevant is that 4,000 years later? But if I'm remembering the Exodus, not only for what happened, but for why it happened, and the Exodus had a purpose, and hence our freedom has a purpose, and God's involvement in our history has a purpose, then the deeper message for the older children, for the adults is, we don't need to remember simply that God took us out of Egypt. It's not what he did, but why he did it. Because the reason for why he did it has a tremendous effect on our day-to-day life and our motivation to keep that the Torah is commanding us. Now, I want to go back and understand how important this topic is in Sefer Tvarim. I'm sure you've all heard of Sefer Tvarim, and you all remember the Moshe Rabbeinu gives a very long speech in Sefer Tvarim where he reviews all the commandments that God gave him 40 years ago in Harsinai. But in the very action to the speech, there's a speech that begins in chapter 5 in Sefer Tvarim, in Tarakei, and goes all the way to chapter 26, which has two key sections. It has the Ten Commandments between God and his people. And then they called the mitzvah section. Instead of laws about loving God and fearing God. It's the famous Shema that was every day. And then chapter 12 through 26. Or Chukim and Shpatim. Or instead of laws and statutes. They got their day-to-day life as a nation in the land of Israel. So because the speech begins in chapter 5. The end of chapter 4 has a very short introduction to the speech. The famous sign of the quote. We say, Chumash is telling us what's coming up in Sefer Dvarim is the instruction, the Torah that Moshe put, that Moshe is teaching the children of Israel. And what does this Torah include? Listen carefully. The title and the introduction to the 22 chapters of laws that Moshe is going to teach the Jewish people in the 40th year before he dies, which is numerous times before, those laws are called Eidot Chukim Therefore, Moshe begins his speech in chapter 5, when he calls all of Israel together, tells them, Shema Yisrael Mishpatim. Listen to these laws that I'm teaching you. Learn them and keep them. And then he reminds them that Hashem made a brit with us at Har Sinai, which is the Ten Commandments. That's why in chapter 5, Moshe Rabbeinu repeats the Ten Commandments to the people at the beginning of the speech, because that's the background, that covenant the source in the beginning of our commitment to be God's people, and the laws are going to apply the concept of that covenant to day-to-day life as a nation in Israel. After the introduction in chapter 5 in the story of how the people became fearful and didn't want to hear these laws from God, and they begged Moshe to be the middleman, and God agreed. Moshe tells the people what's coming up in this speech. What's coming up in this speech, and in chapter 6, are the laws God commanded to teach you to keep them in the land of Israel, which you soon are going to go and cross over and conquer and inherit and set up a, land, a nation. And then the very first law is the famous Shema Yisrael, Hashem Adokinu, Hashem Echad. And Bahavta. But we say every day in daily Kriyat Shema, every day and every night. The opening law is basically the most important law called Hamitzvah. The commandment is the love of God, which will also be applied to the fear of God. Jewish is keeping many, many commandments, but before you begin the technical observance of every single technical commandment, the most important thing is your attitude, loving God and fearing God. And therefore, Moshe says in the beginning, the most important thing is to love God and then keep all these laws. The laws coming up. 
Rabbi Moshe says, these laws coming up, these words I'm teaching you, them to your children and speak, and speak about them. And then Moshe continues in his speech after the Shema and says, make sure to keep all these laws and do do its correct in the eyes of God so that he'll bless you and take care of you in the land. And then after that long introduction in chapter 6 that began with the Shema, then we have the famous question, which Moshe Rabbeinu was anticipating, once you come to Israel and set up a nation and you're going to have children and you're going to teach those laws to your children, what are they going to ask you? They're going to ask you, what's the purpose of these laws? This opening question, which we quote for the Chacham in Haggadah, is the most basic question of Chumash that every child is going to ask. Not only a wise child, almost every child is going to ask, what's the purpose of all these laws? And if we go back to what we said beforehand, what is Rabbeinu answer? The purpose of these laws is to become God's people. The purpose of these laws is to in the land that God's giving us to establish a nation that's going to represent God by the way it behaves, both as individuals and as a community as an, as, and as a nation. And therefore, the child has to be taught that there's a purpose in these laws. These laws have a goal. And God is doing this for your good. And it's interesting that even though in Chumash this question deals with keeping the entire Torah, all the mitzvot that God is commanding us, in a beautiful manner about the four sons, copies the question and turns it into a question not about the entire Torah, but rather a question about the evening of the Seder. Therefore, we borrow the question, we reinterpret the question to be a question about what are the laws of the Seder, and we don't give the same answer Chumash gives, we give the answer that the child needs to hear. If the question is, what are the laws? And he's a wise child. Then we teach him the laws. We tell them basically and teach him the laws of how to keep Passover properly. So again, what, what the Haggadah is doing in this Midrash is quoting the question from Chumash, reinterpreting the question to a question about the Seder and attributing this question to a certain type of child, to the child who's motivated and wise and wants to learn. We're going to see the same thing for the next question as well. That will be now in part two. That's the Chacham. Now we go to the Rasha. The Rasha's question is also going to be from Chamesh, but not from Sefer Dvarim, from Sefer Shmot. In Sefer Shmot and Perikid Bet, at the conclusion of Parsha Dachodesh, where God commanded Moshe Rabbeinu in chapter 12, verse 22 came to command the people to take a lamb on the 10th of the month and check down the 14th and put the blood on the doors and be ready for the plague of the firstborn. When Moshe tells over these laws to B'nai Yisrael in Pasach in verse 21, after God's commandment to him, Moshe calls all of Israel, all the elders of Israel together to tell them to tell the people. He tells them, everyone has to take a lamb and they have to bring the Korban Pesach. He tells them quickly how to sprinkle the blood in Pasach Abed. And Pastor Chab Gimel explains to them, God come and plague the Egyptian people. And when God will see the blood on the doorpost, on the Mesuza and the Mashkov, God will pass over the opening of the door. Either God will protect the opening of the house or pass over your house, among the commentators. And then he but bringing the Pesach and sprinkling the blood on the door, that'll be a sign and that'll protect the house from any punishment that evening. 
now for that generation. As soon as Moshe Rabbeinu tells people of that generation, the laws of the first Kabran Pesach, which is going to save their lives and make them worthy for the redemption, Moshe right away reminds them, keep this in mind because hopefully you're going to become God's nation in the land of Israel. Therefore, remember this event. For Allah, for you and your children, for all generations, Adulam always means in Tanakh forever. And then, when the time will come and you enter the land of Israel, which God has promised you, which God has given you, then keep the service or basically keep the laws of Pesach in the land of Israel. Meaning, this Korban Pesach you're bringing the first year to save you from Makat Bacharot, you're going to continue every year in the spring to bring the very same sacrifice, the Korban Pesach, but not to save from Makat Bacharot, but rather to remember why God saved you from Makat Bacharot at that event. In the future, when you bring Korban Pesach and your children ask you, what is this Avodah you're doing? And the topic here is Korban Pesach every year. The question here isn't the Seder. The question is, why are we offering Korban Pesach? Listen to the answer we give our children. The reason we're doing this Avodah, offering to God, for, to remember what? Because what did God do? God passed over or protected our houses in Egypt. When he smote the Egyptians with the plague of the firstborn, he saved our own houses. We have to remember that every year and be thankful and remember not only what God did, but why God did that. Therefore, this question is not necessarily a child is not by child evil, but rather it's a normal question that we want our children to ask. Of course, if we have a child growing up in the land of Israel a generation or two later, and we bring Korban Pesach in the spring, we want him to ask, what's the meaning of this? And we explain to him, the reason we bring Korban Pesach is to thank God for saving us from Makat Bacharot. In fact, if you read Chumash carefully, the Pesach sacrifice itself is not thanking God for getting out of Egypt. It's actually thanking God for the firstborn. And let's say we only were saved for the plague of the firstborn that evening, and God took us out of Egypt three, four, five, maybe a week later, it would still be reason to celebrate Passover. We talk about that later at the Seder. Even if God only saved us from Makat Bacharot that evening and didn't out of Egypt that evening, it was only one act of redemption. Simply the act of saving us from the plague of the firstborn would be reason enough to thank God, even more so we thank God because he not only saved us that evening, but out of Egypt and never gave us freedom, gave us Torah, as we say in the famous Dayanu prayer, or prayer of the Dayanu song. Now, notice here in Chumash, the question, which in Agada is the question of the Rasha, is a question which makes perfect sense. There's nothing wrong with this child. He's a perfectly normal child. It's something we want him to ask. Let's take a look back beforehand. Let's go back to the four sons. See. How the Agada dealt with that question. What does the evil son say? There's two ways I could translate this in English. I could say, what is this service for you? Or what's this for you? I call it a voiceover. 
In other words, it's very hard to write in a text what you could do in a play or in a theater. In a theater, the way you can tell his attitude. So he could be asking, what is this to you or what's this to you? How does the Midrash do a voiceover? How does the Midrash tell us that this son has an attitude problem? We put the Dagesh on the Lachem. What's this to you? Lachem Vodolo. By saying Lachem Vodolo, we're reinterpreting the question of Chumash. In fact, we're using what Chumash is doing. We're taking what Chumash did, which was a totally normal question about why. And we turn this child into a Rasha. Not that that is the simple meaning of Chumash, but rather the Midrash is using Chumash as a springboard to teach education. And when the child asking the question has an attitude problem, you deal with his attitude, not with the question. And therefore, from his attitude, what do we see? You see that with his attitude, what's this to you? He doesn't identify with the people. And therefore, with an attitude problem, deal with this attitude. Therefore, I don't want to translate that exactly because it's difficult what hakeh chinav means. It really comes from a pasuk in Echeskel. Chapter 18, if we have time, we'll go to that later on. But you seem to a teeth, you smack, you smack him on her. Again, this isn't telling you how to deal with a child. It says, depending on the time period you're living in and educational methods you're living with, and deal with his attitude. If you're living in a time period where you have to give him a little smack on his mouth, teach him a lesson, you might do it that way. But if you're living in a time period where that's not an accepted educational method, and do it a different way. The main point it's making is to deal with his attitude and tell him as follows. Again, we do a voiceover to the question, to the answer. For the sake of this, we took us out of Egypt. Leave a Now, um, the answer we're giving here is actually not the answer that Chumash gave, was it? The answer in Chumash was, the answer in Chumash was, Explain to him, this is a Korban Pesach to remember that God saved us from Akad Bacharot. Here we're giving the answer that we have later on in the Sheni Odei question in Vigata Levin Chabiyom Olimor Vavor Zeas Hashem Lip We quote the last half of that Pesach. This over again. God did this for me coming out of Egypt, for me and not for you. Meaning, if people like you coming out of Egypt would not have been saved. Because we know only people about the Korban Pesach were saved. If he didn't bring the carbon Pesach, he weren't saved. God only saved people who are worthy of their redemption. They had to show they were worthy. If people like you without the right attitude, with the wrong attitude, people like you wouldn't be saved. Therefore, hopefully, if that's the fitting educational response that that child needs to hear, then you deal with that. I think the Midrash is telling us, here's how to deal with a son, to either smack him or be sarcastic with him. It means give him an answer that's fitting for his, for his personality or for his attitude problem. And how to apply that in every generation, in every type of a child, that's up to the parent who understands the child and understands education. But again, I want to reiterate my point that the Midrash and Agada is not simply telling us, teaching us how to educate children. The Midrash is taking advantage of the phenomena that we have four times a Chumash, a parent answers his child, and the Midrash is associating each question and answer with a different type of child and it's going to give you a lesson about how to deal, how to answer not just the question, but answer the child. 
Now we get to the Tam. The simple study. Tam Omer Mazot. That's a very simple question. What is this? In Nagara, this is the question about the Seder. What do we tell him? Give him a simple answer. God took us out of Egypt with an outstretched hand. That's explaining why are we keeping the Seder every year. But if we look carefully in Chumash at the source of this question, it's something very, very different. So let's take a look now. And later on, Imperik did Gimel instead for Shema. And we have the topic of the Tam. The Tam's question is later on in chapter 13 about the Kedusha of the Bukhar. There's going to be a law that every firstborn child has to be given to God. Of course, we don't sacrifice our firstborn children. Rather, we do what's called Pidyon Bukhar. We give money or value instead. It's called Pidyon Bukhar. We transfer the value of the firstborn into a coin or into money. And then we have our child back and we give that value to God or to the Kohen. Therefore, what are we told? God tells us when we come to the land of Israel, again, notice how all the sons begin. This is a law for when we come and settle the land of Israel and establish a nation. It's got it sworn to you. And then what do you need to do? You pass every firstborn to God, your firstborn children, and also your firstborn animals. If it's an animal that can be a korban, it can be a korban, you take its value, and the value goes for a sacrifice to God. Now, this is not about the Seder evening. This is all year long. Should your children ask you in the future, what's the meaning of what law? The law of Kushat Bukhar. You're going to be, let's say, working in your field or bringing up cattle and you're going to have a, a firstborn cow or firstborn um, donkey, whatever it may be, and you keep that, you're going to dedicate it to God or give its value to God. You're, we want our children to ask, what's the meaning of this? So the reason for this question is now the question back to Shabuchor. Listen to the answer that Haggadah gives. Should your children ask you, what's the meaning of Kushat Bukhor? The Amartei love, we tell them, God took us out of Egypt with an outstretched hand. That's the answer we give. But we continue. When God, when Pharaoh hardened his heart and didn't let us go, what did God do? God brought these plagues on Egypt. God brought the plague of the firstborn to convince Pharaoh to send us out. This is the answer to the question of Mazot. The question is, what's the reason for Kedushat Bukhor? And we explain to them, the reason for Kedushat Bukhor is because God saved our firstborn Egypt, and that's how we got out of Egypt. Therefore, the question of Chumash is legitimate. It's not necessarily a simple son. It can be any son. It's a question we want the children to ask. The Midrash is borrowing the question and making this question correspond to a simple child. Not the Chumash is telling us they're simple children. We know that from education. We know that from life. There's all different types of children. And we have, again, the Haggadah is giving an example of how to adapt. When a child asks the child, not just the question. Therefore, we, we truncate the answer of Chumash. We say, let's take the first line. And we stop right there. And that's the answer, a nice, simple, simple question, a simple answer, which is fitting for the simple son. And now we see again, in each of the three cases, 
we borrowed a question from Chumash. Each time in Chumash, it's a different topic. One topic was the entire Torah. The other topic was Korban Pesach. This topic is And instead of giving the answer, the complete answer the Chumash gives, we give a different answer because we're answering in the child and not the question. Now, let's get to the Shein Day of the Show, which will be our main topic now. Um, that's from the mitzvah, the commandment, to eat matzah to remember the Exodus, eating matzah for seven days, which we're going to read. I think the first day of Yantav, we're going to read this story. We're going to read, or one day of Chalamad, we're going to read from Perikidim on Shmot. This is the day after we left Egypt. We already ate matzah in Sukkot. We took the dough out of Egypt. We baked it as matzah the morning after we left. And now Moshe tells the people after this momentous event, he tells them as follows. Again, Sefer Shmot, Perik Gimel, Pasa Gimel, chapter 13, verse 3. Remember this day that you just left Egypt from slavery. Remember this day forever. Remember this day on the, on the anniversary. Remember this day you left Egypt. And don't eat chametz. Now you're leaving in the spring. And therefore, again, notice again, all the questions all begin with, this will happen when you come to the land of Israel and bring up a family and bring up children. What are we commanded to do? Do this Abudan this month. Some Parshim say it's referring to Korban Pesach. Either way, every year in the spring, we're going to get rid of our chametz and eat matzah for seven days together with Korban Pesach. Now we get the commandment. What do we do every year in the spring? Shivat yamim tocha matzot. Eat matzah for seven days. On the seventh day, have a celebration. What we call Shvisha Pesach. Matzot yechel et shivat yamim. Matzot must be eaten for those seven days. Lo yere lecha chametz, lo yere lecha sor, v'chol g'volecha. You can't you can't see chametz, you can't have chametz. Totally forbidden. During those seven days. Basically, for the seven days in the spring, we eat matzah and get rid of our chametz. Now, there's no question here, but we have only the answer. We got to the living club, which we'll give the answer in a minute. But basically, if you have children living in the land of Israel and they're growing up, and they notice every year we only matzah for seven days, of course he's going to ask what's going on here. If we would only eat matzah in the spring and give her our chametz as some technical mitzvah to remembering what happened, the first generation that went out of Egypt by eating matzah and not having chametz would remember leaving Exodus because they went through that experience. But if 50, 100, 200 years later, we have this every spring of eating matzah and chametz and don't explain why, there's no meaning to the commandment. Therefore, the parents must tell the children in the spring when they start eating matzah and get rid of their chametz, you must tell the children why we're doing this. Therefore, Chumash commands us Explain, tell your children on that day saying, we're going to try and translate this line very soon. But basically, when we eat matzah, it's important to explain why we're eating the matzah. We have to explain to our children the reason for this to make sure that this technical mitzvah of eating matzah becomes something meaningful. And when we eat matzah, it's not just to eat matzah, but to remember what happened when we left Egypt. This is the verse that almost everyone quotes 
of why we're obligated, our chiv diorat, our biblical obligation to tell the story at the Seder, our chiv of Magid is based on this pasuk. But how to read this pasuk is very difficult. Let's try. To tell our children on that day. What day is this referring to? Well, in your Haggadah, in the next section, we're going to bring up that question. Maybe it's referring to Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Rosh Chodesh. Maybe already on Rosh Chodesh, we have to tell the story. But the Haggadah answers, on that day, on the day, well, that's the question, on the day we brought Korban Pesach, on the day we left Egypt. Maybe that's talking about the form, maybe the day, maybe the, day, maybe the night. If we have time, we'll see that discussion in Haggadah in the next section. But on that day that you tell the story when you start eating matzah, what do you explain to them? But where's that for the sake of this? God did for me, implied here, God did for me miracles when he took me out of Egypt. Now, what is that referring to? The simplest meaning is the matzah. We just said eat matzah for seven days, or maybe the Korban Pesach, but clearly also the matzah. Explain to your children for the sake of this matzah, God did for me these miracles coming out of Egypt. And there's going to be two ways to understand the pasuk, which the commentators are going to argue about. Am I explaining to my children why I'm eating matzah? Or, I, or do I need to explain to my children why God took me out of Egypt? In other words, if bavur means for the sake of, and that's what it usually means, explain to your children, for the sake of this matzah, God did for me miracles taken me out of Egypt. Which basically means the whole reason why God took me out of Egypt was to eat matzah, which doesn't make any sense. But we say at our Seder, is quite the opposite. We say, we explain to our children not why God took us out of Egypt, but rather why I'm eating matzah. We're eating matzah to remember how God took us out of Egypt. That makes more sense. Because when God took us out of Egypt, we had matzah. And when we eat matzah, we remember that experience. So therefore, we explain to our children that the reason why God, that we're eating matzah to remember that God took us out of Egypt. That's how Ramban will explain. And we'll see earlier who the Ramban's going to quote. Rashi and Ebenezer don't disagree. And they say, but we were entertaining, which at first glance doesn't make sense. Ebenezer and Rashi are going to explain that we explain to our children not why I'm eating matzah, but rather why did God take, why did God take me out of Egypt? And the question is, are we explaining to our children why did Hashem take me out or why am I eating matzah? So let's see what Rashi says. Rashi says, Bavurse. Explain to your children that the reason why God took me out of Egypt was in order that I would eat matzah or in order that I would keep his commandments like eating Pesach matzah and Morar. Recall in the four, in the, in the four questions that Nemanishtana, the first question was about eating matzah. The second question was about eating Morar. And the third question was about Korban Pesach, that's three. So three of the four questions are exactly tomorrow. Explain to your children not why I'm eating Pesach Matzah Mar, but rather the opposite. Explain to my children that the reason why God took me out of Egypt was in order to keep the laws of Pesach Matzah Mar. Rashi says God took me out so that I would keep His commandments, like eating Matzah Mar. It's really interesting. Matzot in Hebrew could also be read as mitzvot, same letters with different vowels. Now, Ebenezer takes this idea even farther. Ebenezer is going to quote the same source that Ramban follows. He quotes Rabbarinas, who explained Bavurze, In other words, Rabbarinas says, even though it says Bavurze, it really means Zebavur. This matzah is in order that I remember the God took me out of Egypt. 
Because this matzah is in order to remember that God did for me all these miracles coming out of Egypt. Maybe Rabbi Kabbalah brought a lot of examples of where Chumash says things in one order really means the other order. And sometimes you're allowed to switch the words and even though it's written one way, you can switch the order of the words. He brings several examples. And Ebenezer says, All the examples he brings, he says, are wrong. That's the beautiful way that Ebenezer writes his argument against Rav Marinos. He's the order of the words. He says, How are we going to turn around the words of God? And then he says, This meaning of this verse is the exact opposite of what he's saying. What Rav Marinos is saying, what we thought, Explain to your children why I'm eating matzah. He says, no, don't explain to your children why I'm eating matzah. Explain to your children why God took me out of Egypt. And God took me out of Egypt in order, in order to eat matzah, or keep his mitzvah like eating matzah. Listen what he says now. We're not eating matzah to remember what happened. The reason why he took me out of Egypt was in order that I would eat matzah and not have chametz. This is the beginning of all the commandments that God gave us. Because we need to remember why God took us out of Egypt. God took us out of Egypt to keep us mitzvot like eating matzah. Therefore, why did God do this? The reason God took us out of Egypt was in order that we keep us mitzvot. And look carefully at what we're saying. The whole reason why God took us out of Egypt was simply to serve him. And it brings a beautiful proof from what we say every day to remember the Exodus. The last line of Parsha Tzitzi, when we finish daily Kriyat Shema, the third Parsha ends, I'm Hashem, your God, who took you out of Egypt in order to be your God, to be your boss. I need to remember everything. That there was a purpose in the Exodus. And that's exactly the point I'm trying to make all along. The main educational message of the Seder, for the children who understand this, is that not simply gratitude, thank God for what happened, but rather understand why it happened. There's a purpose in God watching our history. And we need to remember why God took us out of Egypt. He took us out of Egypt to become his nation, to keep his laws, to serve him as a people, to sanctify God's name in how we live our daily lives. Again, as people, communities of his nations. Now, what's really interesting, if we go back to the very first son, the Chacham, and the Abadi Me'inu, if I go back in Chumash, to that very first source, Sefer Tzvarim, the way Ebenezer explains the Gatel is exactly what Moshe Rabbeinu is explaining in Chumash. What's he say? Should your children ask you, what's the purpose of all these laws? My What's the reason why do I have to keep all these laws? What do you explain to him? Of course, the main answer is going to be because it's good for you. It's the right thing to do. But explain to him first, there's a reason why God took you out of Egypt. Tell your children, we were once slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt. God took us out of Egypt. Did all these great miracles for us. For what reason? He took us out in order to give us the land of Israel, in order to keep the mitzvot, in order to be his people. And that's the right thing to do. Moshe Rabbeinu himself gives the same answer when he assumes children are going to ask, what's the reason for all the laws of the Torah? Explain to your children that the reason why God took us out of Egypt and got involved in their history 
and continues to watch us is in order that we become his people and keep his mitzvah. That's a much deeper educational message. Again, not simply an expression of gratitude, but much more a recognition of destiny. And that's going to be our final point at the end of our year, which will, uh, which the educational message of the Seder is that there's a purpose in the mitzvot, that there's a purpose in remembering the Exodus, not remembering only what happened, but also remembering why it happened. And when we educate our children at the Seder and we eat matzah, that's the main message we have to give to our children. Now, it's very difficult to teach that to young children. Therefore, you have to adapt that message to each child, depending on where he is as he's growing up, depending on his attitude, where he's holding. And that's the key educational message behind the Midrash that we talked about today. Not answering the question, not giving a technical reason. Oh, here's what happened. But rather, give an educational reason. When you give an answer and tell the story, adapt the story to the level of the child. As the mission said, based on the background and the education, the needs of the child, tell the story accordingly. How to do that? That's the challenge of every Seder. Of course, we have a set text that we read, which is quite complicated, as we'll see. But how every family and every leader of the Seder, every parent, has to adapt that message to his children, depending on where they are in Jewish education, where they are among their friends, where they're going, who their friends are, what their thoughts are, and what's going on every year. Today's This year's message should be quite different than other years, to the situation that we're in. How to adapt that? That's the parenting. Parenting is not teaching things dry and technical, but giving meaning to the mitzvot and being able to teach that story and adapting it to the level of the child. That's one of the biggest challenges of the Seder. And therefore, before we actually tell the story of our Seder in the introduction to Magid, we're going to have a discussion of not only why we're obligated and who's obligated, but also how to tell the story. And that's why we have the Midrash of the Four Sons, which is a lesson in differential education. And again, how to not answer only the question, answer the child. Thank you very much. And everyone should have a wonderful day. And we should continue to pray for Hashem's Yeshua. And everyone should stay healthy. and. Pray for everyone else to continue to stay healthy and God should give her a flush to everyone who is ill.